Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Say, want a brand new breakfast idea? Then get the Betty Crocker cereal tray, the Betty Crocker cereal tray. Yes, indeed. Try the brand new cereal assortment with ten individual packages in all. Four Wheaties, four Cheerios, two Kicks. All top favorites and all extra fresh. Yes, it's fun to take your pick from Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks. Get the Betty Crocker cereal tray, the Betty Crocker cereal tray. Get that tray today. And now, the Betty Crocker Cereal Tray presents... The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful bullet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure of Number Man. All right, gang, let's give three cheers. Yes, sir. Three cheers for three top favorites. Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks. Each in the Betty Crocker cereal tray. Ten separate individual packages of your three top favorite cereals. All in one handy carton. You can take your choice right at the table. Wheaties one morning, Cheerios the next, and Kicks the next. It's fun. You always open a fresh package. Try it. Get the Betty Crocker cereal tray. Hurrying through the city streets, carry Lieutenant Moran, Sergeant Burke, and Burke's friend, Michael Axford of the Daily Sentinel. By golly, Burke, it'll be a scoop when we get those spalpeens in the numbers rackets. We've had a lot of disappointments, Axford. Haven't we, Moran? Yeah. You ask me, I'd say these racketeers are being tipped off when we're about to stage a raid. Here we are. All right, boys, let's go. The police car stopped in front of Gilpin's tailoring establishment. Gilpin himself came from the back room, his eyes wide, as the officers and Axford rushed through the door. Hey, what's this? Here's a search warrant, Gilpin. Now see what's in that back room. Search warrant? What's that for? Why are you here? You know the answer to that, Gilpin. We're out to smash the numbers racket. Numbers racket? Come on, come on, let's go in back. This tailor shop's just a cover. There's nothing back here but my machines and stock. Sure, we'll see about that. Look around, see for yourselves. Well, of all the... Suffering snakes. He's telling the truth. The same thing all over again. Gilpin was tipped off. Yeah, the gang's got everything out of sight. Burke, I tell you, there's a leak. Someone at police headquarters has sold out to the numbers racket. It was nearly noon of the following day. Britt Reed's father sat at the young publisher's desk in the Sentinel building. 
He looked up as Lenore Case entered with the Bulldog edition. Here's the latest edition, Mr. Reed. Oh, thanks, Miss Case, thanks. Uh, did you tell the city editor I wanted to see him? Yes, sir. He'll be here in just a moment. I, uh, I read your editorial. Yeah? How'd you like it? You don't pull any punches. Well, I, I'll bet the police commissioner burns. You as much as said there's a leak at police headquarters. Well, so there is, Miss Case. Confound it. The numbers racket is running wide open in this town. Last night, the police staged raid number five and drew another blank. You mean Gilpin's tailor shop? Yes. When the police got there, there wasn't a sign of any numbers racket in operation. Maybe there never was a Oh, rack. yes, there was, Miss Case. Gilpin's place was one of the headquarters of the gang. Hi, Mr. Reed. Oh, here's Gunnigan. Mm, come in, Gunnigan, come in. Uh, that's a swell editorial you did. About the numbers racket? Yeah. Uh, Same old story, eh, Gunnigan? Yeah. Gilpin had a tip when the warrant was issued. He had time to clean out his back room and get rid of the evidence before the raid. And I'm anxious to see what the commissioner has to say. Are you going to see him before you leave the city? Yes. Britt and I are going to his home for lunch. His home? Yes. He's been home with a bad cold for the past week. Just getting over it. <laughs> if he's seen the Sentinel, he'll be in a fine mood. Well, boss, I'm going to save this editorial and show it to Britt once in a while. It's a good example of punchy writing. Uh, Gunnigan. I want to speak to you about my son. Yeah. Uh, you too, Miss Case. The boy's coming along fine, Mr. Reed. I'm satisfied with the way things are going. But look, Gunnigan, I want you to keep a, a hand on things around the office and don't worry about where Britt spends his time. Huh? I'm satisfied that he's no playboy. He's recently taken a great interest in civil affairs. And I, uh, that suits me perfectly fine. Now, even if he doesn't spend all his time here in the office, I'll know that the Sentinel is in good hands. I can depend on you in this case. You sure can, boss. Now, don't you worry about a thing. Just count on me. Uh, thanks, Gunnigan, thanks. Now I'll go back west without worrying about things here. Are you leaving soon? Tonight. Tonight? I want to get out tonight if I can. I thought I'd find you all in here. Oh, Hi, hello, boss. son. Mr. Reed. <laughs> is this a private meeting? Well, it was, but... It's finished. Hey, I oh. saw your editorial, Dad. I expect the commissioner has called and told us to forget about his invitation for lunch. Well, it, it wouldn't do a bit of good if he did. I'd go anyway. I want to hear what Higgins has to say about my charge that there's a leak in his office. Well, we'll be just about on time. Yes, uh, son. When Higgins is talking... You keep your ears open. Well, I, I generally do. I'm pretty sure he had a special purpose in asking us for lunch. Oh? I think he needs help in cracking the numbers racket. The help of the Green Hornet. Will uh, either of you have more coffee? Uh, not right no, now, maybe thanks. Maybe later. Uh, leave the coffee pot on the table, Dryden. Yes, sir. Shall I clear away the rest of the dishes, Mr. Higgins? Uh, no, leave them. And uh, uh, go get my car at Smith's Garage. Uh, they phoned and said it was ready. Yes, sir. Well, your man Dryden does a nice job. I took a page from Britt's book. Decided to try a houseman. Dryden's been here about six months. You'll never get one like Cato. And look, Jim. You didn't invite us to lunch to talk about your houseman. No. Now, what's I on didn't. your mind? I uh, read the editorial in today's Sentinel. 
The language was familiar. <laughs> was it? Go on, Reed, laugh. I suppose you wanted to show me that you could still swing from the ground with either fist. Well, I, I thought a little harpooning would do you good. <laughs> What's the matter, Higgins? Why don't you smash the numbers racket? Because there's a leak in my office. What? I've got to admit it. Your editorial hit the nail on the head. Well, can't you plug the leak? Britt, we were speaking of your man Cato. You trust him implicitly, don't you? Of course I do. And you trust Michael Axford? <laughs> I'd trust Axford with my life. All right. Suppose you had a leak in your newspaper office, and the only possible suspects were Axford and Cato. I couldn't suspect either of them. That's my dilemma. If there's a leak in my office, it has to be one of two men. Sergeant Burke or... Sergeant Burke? Yeah, but he's Mike Axford's friend. He's as honest as the day is long. The other is Lieutenant Moran. And I trust Moran just as much as I do Burke. Well, does it... does it have to be one of them? They're the only ones who had advanced knowledge of every raid. I see. I've sent Dryden out, so we're here alone. I know what I tell you won't leak out. I'm going to give you all the information the police have. I, uh, I hope you'll uh, have some ideas. Meanwhile, Linda Travis came into the office as Lenore Case was finishing some letters. Hello, Travis. What's new? Miss Kate, I think I'm on the track of something. I had a red-hot tip on the numbers racket. Really? Yes, there's a bit of payoff tonight. You certainly get around. Someone called me at home. Didn't give any name. Anonymous tips don't generally mean very much. Well, at least it's something. Michael. Hello, Katie. How do you do, Miss Travis? What's the matter, Mr. Axford? Are you ill? It's Sergeant Burke. I'm trying to apply deductive reasoning to the way he acted when he talked to me. I tell you, Burke is up to something. What do you mean? He won't tell me a word, but he's got something on the fire for tonight. The spalpeen looks like a cat that's been stealing cream. Miss Travis has plans for tonight, too. Would you like to go with me, Axford? Huh? Well, you mean me? Go with you? (laughs) (laughs) In the line of duty, Michael. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Axford, I've been told where there's to be a payoff in the numbers racket. Suffering snakes? Where? When? Down in the riverfront. A place called Kenny's Boathouse. I know the place. It's an old boathouse that's been abandoned. They used to rent boats and sell bait there. You say there's to be a payoff? Yes. And I'm going to keep this story to myself. So don't you blab. You mean follow it down without any authority from the boss? Well, I'd, I'd like to prove that I can really handle the story. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, We'd ought to let the cops in on it. Now, look, I'll get Moran to come along with us. By golly, Moran can make the arrest. It'll teach Burke a lesson. We'll go to the dock after we've said goodbye to Mr. Reed's father. The night was almost pitch dark. Kenny's boathouse stood out as a vague form against the background of the river as Linda approached with Axford on one side and Lieutenant Moran on the other. Axford's car had been parked some distance away and there was no sign of anyone near. I 
I'd sure like to nail some of those numbers, racketeers. I hope we haven't made a mistake in coming without telling Mr. Reed about the tip-off. Oh, it would have been a shame to tell him just before he started for the railway station with his father. Hey, I hear a boat coming in. So do I. I think I see something over there on the dock. Look, Moran. Don't that look like a man moving from the boathouse? Uh, Moran, you got your gun, sure. There is someone. I see him. And there's another guy climbing out of a boat. <gasps> Suffering snakes. Hey, what was that flag? Someone took a picture. Come on. Who did that? Who took a picture? What's the idea? What is this hang Stay on? where you are. I got a flashlight. I'll turn it on. Go him. ahead. Don't any of you move. I got you covered. Hey, Moran, is that you? Holy crow, it's Burke. Ashford. Moran, what are you doing here? What's the idea? What kind of a trick is this? Oh, look. Burke's got something. It was a payoff. Sergeant Burke. So you're the one. Oh, what? Say, listen Who are you? Here. Jane Winters of the Clarion. And you? Travis of the Daily Sentinel. Did you get a tip-off, too? Well, yes, but Well, I... you didn't get a picture, and I did. This is once the Clarion scores a beat. Hey, listen. What are you talking about? What payoff? That's what I want to know. What payoff? What have you got there, Burke? I was told if I come here tonight, someone would meet me and give me the name of the head man in the numbers racket. It's right here in this envelope. See what you've got in that envelope. I'm showing you it. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Good gravy. It's dough. Cash money. Hold it. What? Gotcha. That's all I want. Thanks, boys and girls. Look in the clarion and see your pictures. Burke. Burke. Oh, golly, I can't believe it of you. continue our story in just a moment. Is everybody at your house kind of grumpy at breakfast? Well, here's a great new idea that'll make breakfast a lot more fun. It's the Betty Crocker cereal tray. That's the swell new cereal assortment, Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks in ten separate individual packages, all in one handy carton. Each box holds just enough for one good serving, so everyone has the fun of choosing just what they want for breakfast. Wheaties, Cheerios, or Kicks, all top favorites. Always a fresh package every morning. Now, listen to this. You also get a swell-looking model city when you buy the Betty Crocker cereal tray. A model city that looks just like real. You cut it out and build it yourself. It has all kinds of buildings, houses, stores. Here's what you get on just one street. It's 2nd Avenue, and it has a movie theater, a camera and sporting goods shop, a department store, and a fire department. In addition, there are many different style houses, plus cut-out automobiles, fences, storage sheds, awnings, and billboards. All this on just one Betty Crocker cereal tray. Still, other houses, stores, and equipment come on other packages. The Model City is easy to build, too. There's no pasting or gluing needed, and many slots are pre-cut. It's really easy and really fun. Just ask your grocer for the Betty Crocker cereal tray, the handy cereal package with all three of your breakfast favorites, Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks. Get yours now. <laughs> Now back to our story. Britt Reed's father was leaving the city to return to the west. Britt Reed had taken him to the station. <clears throat> Dad, you don't know how glad I am that, that you've learned the truth about everything. I'm more pleased than you are, Britt. 
I'll just carry on as the Green Hornet. You can do a lot of good. I wish there was some way I could help the commissioner with that numbers racket. Oh, now you'll find a way. I have a lot of confidence in you. I'll do what I can. Well, have a good trip, Dad. Thanks, my boy. Take care of yourself. And if you need me, just let me know. You bet I will. Goodbye. Bye. Brick watched as his father's train moved out of the station. Then he heard someone calling his name. Harry! Harry! Axford! Linda. Oh, I hope we catch you here. Well, Dad has just left. Oh, what's wrong? Oh, Reed, it's terrible. We went to Kenny's boathouse on a tip that there'd be a payoff in the numbers rack. Oh, what sort of a tip? Why didn't I hear about it? Oh, someone called me at home, Mr. Reed. I, well, I wanted to handle the story on my own. I went to help, Reed, and we took Lieutenant Moran along just in case. Oh, what happened? Burke was there. He met a guy named Lefty Bates. And Bates gave Burke $500. $500? And Burke got it? It was a frame-up, Reed. Burke went there on a tip that someone would meet him and give him the names of the big shots in the numbers racket. Oh, what about this man named Bates? Where'd he get the cash? Oh, he didn't know what was in the envelope. A man gave him $10 to deliver it. He described the man, but it was a general description that might have fit anyone. Lieutenant Moran took both Lefty and Burke to headquarters. Well, what do you want me to do about it? Mr. Reed, Jane Winters of the Clarion got the same kind of tip I did. She was on hand with a camera. You mean to say the clarion got a picture of the payoff? Yes. Reed, what do we do? How should we handle the story? You haven't filed it yet? No. Then get over at the office right away. We can't ignore that story. But Burke was framed. Then quote Burke. Give the facts to Gunnigan. He'll tell you how to handle them. Right. Linda, you better stay here and give me more details. Yes, sir. I'll see you later, Reed. Right, Axford. Mr. Reed, you believe Burke, don't you? Yes, but why did those racketeers spend $500 to frame him? Oh, there's been a lot of talk about a leak at police headquarters. But why make it look as if Burke is guilty? And why did they call you and Jane Winters? I, I don't know. Clarion will make the most of this. They'll crucify Burke. Oh, no. I've got... Linda. Yes, sir? Great Scott, I've been blind. We've all been blind. Come on, I've got to get to a telephone. Oh, but what's up? This way. The phones are over here. Oh, Mr. Reed, I don't understand. There's been a lot of talk about a leak at police headquarters. Everyone's trying to find that leak. With Burke suspected, the heat will be off. Yes, of course. Well, at least for the time being. And those racketeers don't want the search to go any farther because they're afraid someone will guess the truth. Now, here's the phone. You guess the truth? Yes, yeah, simply because I know that Burke is not guilty. You see, Linda, there is no leak at police headquarters. What? There hasn't been? No. Commissioner Higgins has been home with a cold for the past week. He's conducted all his business from there. That means there are three people, not two who knew what was going on and when the raids were planned. Well, who besides Burke and Moran? The houseman, Dryden. Oh. Hello? Hello, I'd like to speak to Commissioner Higgins. Gosh, I, I never thought of that. Oh, he, he is? Well, just leave word that Britt Reed called. Not there? No, he's gone to headquarters and it's just as well. Elsie Dryden alone. What are you going to do? I'm going to try to stampede Dryden into a confession. I'm going to get the truth out of him. I don't know how, but that rat's going to squeal. You're not going as the Green Hornet? Oh, I think I can handle Dryden as Britt Reed. Oh, there's the commissioner's house. Don't worry, I'm not going by. Hmm, there's a light on the third floor. Yeah, that's Dryden's room. I'd like to catch him by surprise if I could. I think I can. How? 
I'm going to try and get in the house some way and get up to that third floor. Can I help? No, Linda. Things may get rough. You got brushed by a bullet the last time. I don't want you running any more risks. Very well. I'll stay here in the car and watch that window. found a door that could be opened by one of his special keys and let himself into the commissioner's home. He made his way cat-like up the stairs. Despite his caution, as he walked through a third-floor hall, he stumbled and sounded a warning. The door of Dryden's room opened suddenly. What in the world? I want to talk to you, Dryden. Why, it's Mr. Reed. How did you get into the house? I let myself in. It was a pretty slick frame-up, Dryden, but it won't work. Frame up? I don't know what you mean. Don't waste time, Dryden. You're the answer to the $64 question. You're the one that's been telling when and where the police plan to raid. You tipped off Gilpin last night and Lofgren two nights before. You seem very sure of yourself. When I leave here, I'm going to have a statement from you, Dryden. A statement and a confession that'll remove all suspicion from Sergeant Burke. Yes, again, mister. Huh? Well, Gilpin... Keep him covered, Gilpin. I didn't know you had company, but this is fine. Confirms everything. Looks as if you two boys have been balancing the books. Stuff on your desk there, Dryden, is going to be interesting to the commissioner. Who is this troublemaker? Britt Reed. He's the publisher of the Daily Sentinel. I don't like newspapers. Now, wait a minute. Don't shoot him here if we can avoid it. What are we going to do with him? Tie him and gag him. Take him out the back way. You two talk as if I'm going to have nothing to say about your plans. You won't have. We've got to get rid of you. Murder is dangerous business. Dangerous business, huh? We have no business if you get away to tell what you know. You know, I think you two are slow on your feet. I what? wonder. Uh, we'll see. Hey, what? Let me go. Let go. Look out. Let me at him. Turn this right. A measure of luck combined with speed and daring gave Rick Reed an advantage that offset the two to one odds. He seized Dryden and swung him around as a shield. Fearing that he might hit Dryden, Gilpin held his fire. With a mighty effort, the young publisher threw Dryden against the trailer. Both staggered to keep from falling. They were between Britt and the door. Britt charged like a halfback, hitting the racketeers with battering ram force and driving them into the hall. He slammed and locked the door. Just take me out of there. Open that door. We'll get you if it's the last thing we do. Open the door and we'll you in. Ignoring the men at the, do the door, Britt dashed to the window, picked up a chair, and smashed the glass. It was a sheer drop of three stories to the ground. Escape for that window was impossible, but Linda was across the street. Britt saw her looking up. Linda! He signaled, and Linda signaled what she heard. Call headquarters! Get Higgins! Shoot the lock! The lock was shattered by the first bullet, but there was a sliding of a bolt in the door that couldn't be seen from the outside. Gilpin fired shot after shot, trying to locate that bolt, and Britt watched the bullets rip through. Linda, meanwhile, found a phone at the corner store. Tell him to hurry home. Tell him it's life or death. Faster, faster, I tell you. I don't know what's going on at my home, but it's life or death. Uh, 
Dryden had emptied his gun, but the door still held. He and Gilpin threw themselves against it. Oh, Higgins will be here. Can't let him get those records. Keep at it. The door's nearly gone. There it goes. Come on. Now we'll get you. Try it. Do get them, boy. It's Higgins. Break that up or we'll start shooting. I'm glad you got here, Higgins. Great. What in the world? Dryden, what's this mean? I'll answer it, Commissioner. Dryden and Gilpin are numbers one and two in the number racket. There's the evidence on Dryden's desk. Burke's in the clear. Take it over, boys. I've got to call in and tell Burke. Wait, I'm first at that phone. The clarion will hit the street with a story about Burke. I've got to be sure the Sentinel comes out with the true facts. Rick Reed's father sat near a radio on the westbound train. Later, in an interview at police headquarters, a clarion reporter secured a statement from Sergeant Burke. The senior Reed didn't like what he heard. Burke insists that he was framed, that he had no knowledge that there was money in the envelope. I feel... A flash has just been handed me. This is a flash. Sergeant Burke has been completely cleared of all suspicion by the arrest of the real leaders of the numbers racket. Good, good. Jay Dryden was exposed by a surprise move on the part of Britt Reed, publisher of the Daily Sentinel. Here are the details. That does it. Jay yes, Dryden sir, was Reed, exposed that as does the real leader of the that numbers boy's racket. boy's all right. Had been posing as a butler in the home of... In his apartment, Britt Reed sat by the phone wearing a look of deep concern. Axford stood beside him. Still no answer. Axford, where could Linda be? Golly, Reed, I don't know. No one has seen her. My car was found at a corner near Higgins' home. Where she left it, what she called headquarters? Yes. Well, maybe she met her friend and will be calling you. There's no need to sit and worry. You'll be hearing from her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By golly, Reed, you sure put one over tonight. The way you smashed Dryden Gilpin, it looks like you could take the place of the Green Hornet. You sure had his way of doing things. Hey, maybe that's Linda. Hello? Yes? Linda? Who are you? Wait, don't hang up. Listen to me. Hello? Hello? Reed, what's the matter? Axford, someone heard Linda call the police. She was captured when she left the store. Holy crow. She'll be released only if Dryden and Gilpin go free. Axford, this is a case where I'd like to take the place of the Green Hornet. Pardon our freshness, but if you like your breakfast cereal at its crispest, freshest best, then get the Betty Crocker cereal tray. Why? Because the Betty Crocker cereal tray gives you ten separate individual packages of your three top favorite cereals, all in one handy carton. 
Each of those ten individual packages holds just enough for one good serving. So every morning, you always open a fresh package. Another thing, every Betty Crocker cereal tray has a valuable silverware coupon right on the side of the carton. By saving these coupons, you can own a set of lovely Oneida Community Silver Plate in an amazingly short time and at unbelievably low cost. Start saving those valuable coupons now. Get the Betty Crocker cereal tray. You've been listening to The Green Hornet, brought to you by the Betty Crocker cereal tray, the cereal assortment of individual packages of Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks. <laughs> Boy, oh boy, look at that. He's lifting 200 pounds with one arm. He's failing his Cheerios. Yes, Cheerios, that energizing breakfast cereal made from oats. Good old-fashioned nourishing oats all ready to eat. Cheerios gives you a kind of nourishment that really counts. Cheerios really helps to build up strength and endurance, and it's delicious, too. You'll really go for Cheerios and that wonderful fresh toasted oat flavor. Try it. Start your better breakfast every morning with Cheerios. Be with us again next week at the same time when General Mills will again present The Green Hornet. A George W. Trendle production written by Fran Stryker and directed by Charles D. Livingstone. The part of the Green Hornet was played by Jack McCarthy. This copyrighted feature originates in Detroit, and all characters, places, and incidents used are fictitious. Hal Neal speaking. Tomorrow night at the same time over most of these same stations, the Lone Ranger rides again in another thrilling adventure of the West of yesteryear. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.